Hello and welcome to Your Life Rocks. This is the podcast that equips working Christian moms to create balance, clear chaos, and reach goals in all areas of your life. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, your host and fellow working mom, and I'm so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. This is episode 82 of the Your Life Rocks podcast, and today we are going to be in a first part of a two-part series So I hope that you come in and listen next week as we finish this up, but it is going to be all about biblically balanced life. You know, this podcast, it is for working Christian moms, and it really is to help you create more balance in your life because that's what we're all about. And right now there's so many people saying life balance is not possible. It's, It's just not something people are even looking to do. And I've done a few episodes about this topic, just in about the mindset of it. I hope you go back and you listen to some of those mindset of having a balanced life, but it really is biblical. And so in today's episode, we're going to be diving into a few of the different areas of life. Because when we talk about life balance here at Your Life Rock, we define it by setting and moving towards goals in all areas of life. And so it really is my goal that you would believe that life balance is possible, that you really would think that and have hope that there is something better out there than just living this crazy lifestyle. It's my hope that you would have hope that there's more to your life than just being a crazy overwhelmed mess. I know that that's what the world says we should be, especially as working moms, because there is a lot to juggle, but God's big enough to help us do that. And so I hope that you can walk away with that hope from today's episode and from next week's episode as well. I really wanted to do it all just in one episode, but there's just too much to talk about. I just couldn't cut it short and have a short conversation. So rather than having it be a really big, long conversation or cutting some of it out, we're just going to have it in two parts. So part this week, part next week. And if you are a returning listener, I just want to welcome you back to the show. You know that we're all about giving you those action steps. So as we have this conversation today, there are going to be questions I'm going to ask you. So you might want to go back and listen to this podcast episode again. You have your notebook out and you can make notes and reflect Maybe you're listening to this while you're driving or you're working out and you're just not able to do that. But I just pray that with the questions and with the conversation we're going to have, that God would just speak to your heart. Because, yeah, there's a lot you can get out of it if you like journal and be able to write some things out. But I truly believe that God can do a lot in our hearts and in our heads just by us hearing the word. So I know you're going to get some really good stuff out of it. Now, before we begin into the content, I just want to say we are in the throes of summer. We are nearing July as this podcast goes live. Episode two will be going live on the 4th of July. And being that it's summertime, I did not expect to get sick, yet I found myself a week ago, getting sick and my voice is just now coming back. So if I sound a little bit different than I normally do, I appreciate your prayers, everyone that's been in our Facebook group and has known about and has known about me being sick. I really do appreciate all of your prayers. And if you're not yet a member of our Facebook group, I would invite you to just search Your Life Rocks in Facebook and you'll be able to find us or you can go to yourliferocks.com, click on that community tab. It really is a group of women who are just like you. We totally get you. We're a group of working moms who really want to live our life for Christ, but we struggle in all the things that we all struggle in because we're in this world. But we want to help support you, pray for you, give you tips, ideas, ways that you can create more balance in your life, clear away the chaos, and reach goals in all areas of your life. Now, when we talk about life balance and if it is even possible and how we define it, there is a background to it. What we teach here at Your Life Rocks, we teach it as biblically based. It's about being obedient to the word of God. 
When we are in alignment with his word, chaos has no standing. Now I'll say this, life can still be moving fast and full. We have full, full lives. Some of us may even say that we're busy. Who am I kidding? I say I'm busy. I know I say it's not good to say that we're busy because there's a whole mindset around that. But movement is life and things happening, things that we have going on, it's a really a blessing if you think about it because if those things weren't there, whether it be your job, your kids, like that would not be a good thing, right? So we have to be careful in our mindset and how we think about these things because it really is the heart of busy that matters. Do we see our lives as full of stress or do we see it as full of blessings? Do we see it as an opportunity to live our lives for God, to be a light in the world around us? Now, let me set something straight. When we talk about balance or setting goals, the aim is not perfection. It's never perfection. The aim is really to be in obedience every time. It's not about us. It's always going to be about him, always about God. And truthfully, if we think about it, when we're allowing ourselves to be less than in any area of life, we're making it more about us. It's more about our flesh. I mean, there's no judgment. We've all done it. It's called sin. But when we say, I don't have the time or energy to take care of my health, or there's just so many other things to balance that I forget sometimes about taking care of my home and making sure it's nice for my family, or, you know, even like things for our husband or for our kids, we can justify and make excuses all day long. But at the end of the day, obedience is where it's at. And again, I'll say this a hundred million times over again. It's not about perfection. It's not about having a Pinterest perfect life or this image that we have in our heads of what life should be. And that's really where when we talk about balance, that's really where it is as a mindset, right? It's that balance between perfectionism and having everything be just as the way it should be in our heads. And on the other side of that, really just being lazy, and not really caring because we're just too busy and right now we're focused on this one area of life and later we'll have time to focus on the others. Well, if you're not growing in an area, you're declining in an area. So why would you want to have to come back and try to make up ground and and ground that you've lost in other areas of of your life just because you're focused on one area? Trust me, I say all this from experience. If this is your first time listening, I invite you to go back and listen to the other episodes where I've shared my story I know what it's like to live a very unbalanced life. I've hit rock bottom. I don't wish that on anybody. But it's through that experience that God has really shown me a different way. And that's really what I want to pass on to you. I don't have all of this stuff figured out by any means. None of us do. It's all just a journey. But I'm on a mission to help other working Christian moms come to this understanding that we can balance it all. We just have to find the right systems. We have to find the right places for us to be able to do just that. Now, when I was first coming out of balance and defining balance for myself, I couldn't really put words around what balance meant for me. So I had to start with unbalance because it's really easy for me to define what unbalance was. It's a feeling of being out of control, a feeling of hopelessness, powerlessness, being fearful, feeling guilty. When I was unbalanced and at rock bottom, I was only focused on one area of my life. The other areas of my life, they were just daydreams, right? They were just these images, these fairy tales that I had dreamed up in my head. Because I would set goals and I would work towards them. I would fight for them in my career. I held on to the Proverbs 31 woman as a superhero to justify my work. I would use God's word to fulfill my glory, not his. And I would not be setting goals the same way 
that I would in my career in any other part of my life. I might daydream of what could be or what I wish it was like in my marriage or my health or my finances or who I was as a mom. I had Pinterest boards full of images that I wanted my house to look like, what I wanted my body to look like, or even what I wanted my kids to look like or act like or behave like or things I wanted to do with them. But you know what? There was no action behind any of it. Not one bit. It was all just fairy tales. But you know what? These images, they created a lasting impact on on who I was and the way I looked at life. And what they really created was a false standard to which I knew I could not ever meet. Now, as a working mom, I'm sure you're familiar with stress. Stress is really just the tension between our expectations and reality. And the further the two move apart, the tighter the tension, the deeper the stress. Now, I am really good at this, and I'm sure you are too, at planting images of what the expectations should be like in different areas of our life without even questioning if that's what we really want. We see an image, it might be what we want, but the true question is, do we want it bad enough to do the work to get there? Nothing just happens. It's all just a series of choices from the house we live in to the decoration our house has to the bodies that we live in. So we can choose to live a balanced life or a non-balanced life. So if being unbalanced was not taking action in a neglected area of life, was the answer more action, more things to do? Honestly, I didn't have time for that. Who has time for that? Do you have time for that? But you know who does have time for that? The person who makes time for that. See, it's a mind shift change. We can say, I don't have time for that. But we have time. We just have to choose to make the time for it. Now, I want to be very, very clear because I don't want you to get the wrong idea about any of this. It's not about piling on more to do than you already have. Trust me, I know your day is probably very full. More action isn't the answer. Faith is. But faith requires action. All right, let's talk about faith because really that is the stem of so much of this conversation. All right, so this is one of my first questions I have for you. Are you living for you or are you living for God? It's a simple question. If you really consider it, it might be harder to answer than you think. I mean, for me, when I first think about this question, my gut always says, yeah, of course I'm living for God. But then I have to ask myself, do my actions show it? What are the fruits of the actions? What are the fruits of the things that I'm actually doing? You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew 7, 16, you can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. So if it's fruit that we're after, we have to start with the seed. So as we're looking at the seed of all of this, the seed of a balanced living, there's really two things that I really want us to look at. Number one is how we are setting our goals. And number two, what are our expectations? So let's start with the goals. Are you setting them to move closer to your God or your own fleshly desires? I know that's not an easy question to answer because I had to ask myself the same question and it's not an easy one to answer, but it's one we have to look at. So I'm going to ask you again, are you setting goals to move closer to God or are you setting goals to move closer to your own fleshly desires? Now, there's a reason that I define balance by setting and moving towards goals in eight areas of life. The Bible guides us, sets an example for us in each of these areas. They are all areas that need our attention and action. And you know what? They're all areas that show fruit. The first of these eight is really the foundation all others really stem from, that they come up from. But it still stands alone and we need to be intentional about its growth. It's our faith. 
Believing God is who he says he is and believing in his promises without a shadow of a doubt. When we talk about growing in our faith, we're really talking about deepening a relationship with him by knowing him. There are many things that you can do to grow in this area, but there is a reason that it's the foundation for all the other things. When you're seeking what God would have you do in the other seven areas of life, you're getting to know him. And then when you go a step further and you start getting into action in these other areas of your life, not neglecting a single one of them, and you are working to align your life with his will for each of these areas, that's faith in action. You grow your faith just by giving the other areas of your life to him. And while you're figuring that out, while you're trying to figure out his will for all of these other areas of your life, you're really seeking him to see what the Bible says, to see what he would have to say about those areas. And like the Bible says, when you seek him, you'll find him. This area of your life will grow and prosper when you make a point to set all other goals of your life on it. So another question for you, what is God's will for your life? You know, whenever I would hear that question in the past, my mind would automatically go to my career. What would he have me do for my work? I'm not at all bashful about saying I am a career-driven woman. I am very type A and I really like to succeed, especially in that area of my life. I just do. And while this is a strength that God has developed in me, it's also a point where the enemy uses it against me. The enemy uses my ego and worldly desires to start creeping into this area. It really is like a wolf in sheep's clothes. We all long for a significance, worth, and to be seen. And this is where it can get a little dangerous for some of us. Now, don't get me wrong. He's called all of us to make an impact to further his kingdom. But we have to be careful that we don't go back into old habits of setting false expectation, one that is rooted in our fleshly desires of what that really means. Now, if you struggle with this the same way I do, when I think of the will of God, I think of the success he would have for me. If you kind of have that same line of thought, I recommend you look at your career and your career goals last. So we're not even going to talk about career in this episode. We are saving that for next week. Next week, we'll dive into goals and expectations and all of that and what God says and his will for that area of your life. But today, for this episode, we're going to start addressing other areas first. Let's see what God has to say about marriage, financing, parenting, and so on. There's so many other areas of life. So if you find your career consumes you, let's just move that to the end of the line. For me personally, in this area, the more I've grown in my own journey, the more I am in awe of our Lord. Everything we wonder about, lose sleep about, cry about, it's all in his word. Like the Bible's got it all there. Have you ever read a verse before in the Bible? And maybe it's something you've read in the past, but you've just never seen it that way before. Or it's like you're reading it for the first time or you see something that's just never been there. You know, the Holy Spirit is so mighty and transformative. When we seek God and are fully prepared to align our lives with his will, he'll answer what you seek. Because you know what? He is the answer and he will reveal himself to you. Now, as we start to dive into these other areas of life and really talking about goals and expectations, I just want to say this. I want to encourage you to pray about all of this, everything that we're talking about. Seek what God would have you do, where he wants you to go. Every area of life is so complex. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's not about perfection. It's just not. Setting godly goals is just as much about the process as it is about the result. Probably more so. It's also a very renewing process. 
as you move closer to God's will in every area of your life, as you grow, God will give you more wisdom. You will see more of him and he will guide you in new ways. Now, as we talk about these different areas of life, I'm going to give you some verses, some thought starters, ask you lots of questions, but these are your goals. And when we set goals, we have to consider where we are starting from in order to determine where we're going. We all are at different places with each area of our life. So the next set of goals, those next baby steps in obedience will look different for all of us. Now, none of that changes the truth of what God's word says about each area, but your actions to walk out faith will be your own. This is not a podcast with all the answers. Sorry, but it's not. But I do hope that it points you in the right direction. So we've already established that first of the eight areas, faith. And letting that be a foundation for all of the other seven will allow you to grow in that area. So I feel like a good place to go after we're talking about faith is marriage. Now, how often have you set goals for your marriage? Honestly. Now, I know a lot of people who have set a vision for what you want it to be. We all have hopes and dreams for for the life that we want to live with our partners. And we probably pray, I know I do, that God would fulfill those for us. But I have to say, this area is the most under attack by our culture. The view of God's will for your marriage has gotten so foggy and unclear by media and our society. You know, recently someone asked uh, for one piece of marriage advice, what would you give a newlywed? Now, I've been married for 17 years, almost 18 years, and it makes me feel really old to say that. I don't have no idea how that even happened, how fast time goes. You know, in your mind's eye, you're like a whole different age, like way younger. Anyway, it'll be 18 years of marriage this year. I got married very young. Let's just say that. But even in all that time past, I feel like I still have so much to learn in this area. My husband and I were not always good at communication. We disagree on a lot of things and we are so very different people. I've been very transparent about my marriage in previous podcast episodes and in videos I've done on our Facebook group. And I'll be honest. More than once, I've thought about divorce. I was brought up in a divorced home and it extended from there. You know, I can count on one hand how many people in my family have not been divorced and I'll still have fingers left over. To say divorce is common is an understatement. Now, that's not the picture that's on my husband's side of the family, but that's my side of the family. But despite all of the many problems that we've had in our marriage, when this person was asking for advice for a newlywed, I knew just what to give. Marriage is not about happiness. It's about holiness. I heard that very early on in our marriage in a sermon at church, and I've gone to it over and over and over again, and sometimes it's hard to live that idea out, but it still sticks with me. And you know what? The Bible, it talks a lot about marriage. It tells us how we're supposed to act as wives and and how our husbands are supposed to act towards us. But like everything, faith has to come before action. So here's the question for your marriage. What's the root of your heart in your marriage? Because when we look at marriage and we think about what we're getting out of it, that's when things can start to go very, very wrong. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't have all the answers, but I do know that I'm here to support my husband. That's what I was created for. Genesis tells us that. Now, the Bible also tells us that he's supposed to be the spiritual leader in our home, but I'm the light that points him back to Jesus. So the question is, am I being the light? You know, In any relationship, but especially in her marriage, it's so easy to look at the other person. It's so easy to point fingers at that other person. But what are you doing to take personal accountability for your marriage? If our marriage is about holiness and not about happiness, are you keeping the marriage holy? Are you being the light for your husband? Are you making it easy for him to grow in his faith? 
you know, a few years ago, my husband and I, we went to this marriage weekend and it was a huge eye-opening moment for both of us. And in this class, they taught us that the relationships are circular. One thing leads to the next and the cycle repeats itself. In the Bible, it tells us as wives that we are to respect our husbands and for our husbands to love us in return. One person does the opposite of that and it spurs the other person to do the same, the opposite. And you know what? That opposite encourages the first person to do more of the same. So if we disrespect our husbands, they will respond to us in an unloving way. That makes us even more disrespectful towards them. And you can guess how they respond. We have to interrupt the pattern. So what can you do to respect your husband? Make a lesson, start doing it. You know, this was so hard for me to do. As you can imagine, based off of my history, we went to this weekend because we were not in a good spot at all. I didn't want to respect him. That's not what was going to make me happy was respecting him. I was mad at him and I wanted him to know it. But when I behaved that way, I was leading him to act in a way that was not in alignment with God's will for him as my husband. Now I'm going to say this again. When I am not in alignment with how God wants me to treat my husband, I was leading him, my husband, to act out of alignment as well. I know I said earlier that we all have our own personal responsibility here. He doesn't have to follow our lead, but we don't have to follow his either. And so as I started to create more balance in my life, this was the first goal in creating balance for my marriage. Respect my husband. You know, when we think about setting goals, we think about an achievement. But I want us to start thinking about setting goals as more of an alignment, an alignment to God's will. And so for me, respecting my husband, that's what my goal needed to be for where I was starting at in my marriage. And again, it's not about creating a happy marriage. It's about creating a holy marriage because respecting my husband, that was not going to make me happy. (laughs) Especially when I was first creating that goal for myself, that was not something that was going to create happiness for me, but it was obedience because that goal was God's will for my life in my marriage. That's the faith part. Faith calls for action. So I started thinking of all the ways I could show him respect. And then I started doing the easier ones not the harder ones, because I was still mad. I was still hurt. But you know what? When I started showing him respect, slowly he started to respond in love. And when I got that back, it made me start to fall in love with him again. It made it easier to respect him. Now his response in love did not happen right away, but this is why we do it in obedience to God and not for the result. But it did start happening. And as a result of that, years later from this period of our life, I think we have a pretty happy marriage because we've decided to make it holy. So we talked about setting our goal for our marriage and being in alignment with what God's will says for our marriage, but then we also have to look at the expectation. And this is where we have to just be very careful. And I'm not going to go too much in depth on the expectation of marriage, but just be careful on your influences, on who you allow to speak into your life, especially in this area, because Social media, movies, TV, magazines, books, you name it. Even our friends, we have to be careful because the world doesn't necessarily tell us and support us in respecting our husbands or submitting to our husbands or anything that the Bible tells us and commands us to do as wives. It's very counterculture to the world that we're living in. And so you have to be careful of who your influences are and always, always, always Go with what God says first. Let that become your filter of the expectation of what your marriage is to become. Let that be the filter to which you respond to things that are going on around you. Because over time, that expectation that you have, 
that filter in which you're seeing your marriage through, that will start to impact the goals that you're setting and the alignment that you have with where your marriage is going. And if you want to keep it in alignment with God's will, then that's the expectation in which you need to use as the guidepost, as the reflection into how you're doing towards those goals. All right, so we talked about faith. We talked about marriage. Next, I want to talk about finances. Now, as we start to talk about finances, I feel like it's kind of confession time. I'm not good with finances. And money is a funny thing. I've noticed that people are either savers or they're spenders. I don't really know a lot of people that fall in the middle. The middle is where I long to be someday. I daydream about having a great credit score, money and savings, investments, being able to give abundantly. But what does the Bible really say about money? It says a lot about money. (laughs) The Bible says a lot about money. Just search in Google, what does the Bible say about money? And you'll see, like there are articles of like 50 Bible verses about money. The Bible gives us no shortage on instruction from tithing, giving, our heart around money, saving, investing. It's all there. But remember what I said before. It's about where you start that directs where you go. And we're all in a different place, even in our money situation. So the question I have for you is what's your next baby step? And this is where you have to pray about it. And we have such a gut instinct just to give an answer and just to go for it and not to pray. But when we are setting goals that align with God's will, we have to include him in the process. So you have to pray about it. But that's the coolest thing with goal setting. We don't have to go it alone. Ask God what he would have you do. What's the area in your finances he wants you to work on? Sometimes he might have you working on something practical. Sometimes it might be your heart. Do you love money? Do you hate money? Do you know that either way it can be a stumbling block for you? I mean, the thing is, is money is something we can't just avoid. We need it to live in this world. And it's not a bad thing. It's what we tie to it within ourselves that creates an issue. So as you look at the heart in your heart and your issue that you might have with your heart around money, before we even start looking at anything practical, just pray about it. Ask God to show you if there's any issues there that need to be dealt with before you start working on some of those more practical things. And this is why within Life Balance Membership, within Your Life Rocks, we really talk about doing things in 90-day increments because we're always growing. God always has us in different seasons. And so to really set goals that are longer than 90 days is a little foolish because We don't know what season's going to come. We don't know what the work God is having us do, right? So if you were to say, for example, purchase the Life Balance Planner and go through the Life Balance course within the membership, you'd be setting 90-day goals. That's what we work off of. Every 90 days, we repeat the process and set new goals again. As an example, a year ago, the things that God has me working on in my finances were not even issues a year ago. I thought I was way beyond looking at the heart issues. I thought I was just talking about the practical issues and setting goals for the practical issues for myself. But the goal that that God's really directed me on now and money is a heart issue again. And it's something that's so bizarre out of left field. I never would have saw it coming. But the financial goals that I have right now are not to depend on money. I know that doesn't even sound right? <laughs> but that's that's the goal that God has me working on in this area of my life. It doesn't mean I don't work for it. It doesn't mean I don't give or spend wisely. It's that I found myself praying for more of it, telling myself that when more came in, I would fill in the blank a hundred different things. When I found I was more focused on getting more of the money than getting more of God, I had to change my focus. 
you know, God's demonstrated so many times in my life, so many in the Bible, so many times in other people's lives that he provides for every need. And the truth is, in the past, money has never been an issue. It really wasn't a focus. I had an easy come, easy go mindset around money. I made good money. My husband paid the bills and made sure I always had enough money in the bank to live the lifestyle I wanted to live. And I know it's probably a different setup than a lot of other people. And it really was a blessing, but that's, that's just the way we lived. A year ago, when I quit my corporate job so we could start a family business, all of this changed. I now found myself checking the bank account so often. I was always looking at the budget, praying for God to provide more. And this, this is the clencher. This is why this is my goal right now. It's because everything God did provide, I deemed that it wasn't enough. I would say thank you with my words, but not with my heart. Honestly, I was like, why is God holding out? He can give abundantly. Money is nothing to him. So where is it? <laughs> and you know what? I was, I'm right. I mean, money is nothing to God, but my heart is everything to him. Where's your heart toward money at? Is it where God wants it to be? Is it aligned with his goals? So my goal right now is to be faithful and grateful with what is given and seek God more than money. I mean, after all, where does my hope come from? Does it come from how much money is left in the bank account? Or does it come from my supplier, my heavenly father? So you really need to look at where your starting point is before you start to set goals that align with what God says we should be doing with our finances. And, and like I said before, a bazillion times, pray about it. Maybe the spirit would have you give more. Maybe be more wise with your spending. Maybe put more in the storehouse. But this is where you have to really seek the answers for yourself. And when you're praying about this, if God is pointing you in one direction and it just feels hard, don't resist it. Because that's always our gut reaction is to say, oh, I could never do that. Or I don't feel comfortable with that. Or how could I convince my husband of that? Or whatever it is. But this is... This is really where obedience shines. This is where freedom and love, like all of the good stuff, balance, this is where it comes from, is from being obedient as we are aligning our lives with Christ. All right, so we've talked about faith, marriage, finances, pretty light stuff. <laughs> talk about some heavy things to kind of start off the podcast with. Now, the next thing we're going to talk about, and the last thing for this episode is health. We will cover off on the other topics next week, parenting, career, home, and friends and fun. So I hope that you check in next week as we cover that. But let's talk about health. You know, outside of setting goals for my career, the next biggest goal area of, of my life has always been my health. Oh man, have I ever set some health goals? And truthfully, if I think about it, this was probably the very first goal that I've ever set in my life. It was a health goal. I remember being like, second grade or something and my best friend on the playground was talking to me about eating more vegetables instead of junk food. Now that I'm older I can look back and oh just feel for that little girl that I used to be and you know what I even remember one of the recess teachers overhearing the conversation and her looking at me in pity. Pity. Now I was always chubby and soft not really like overweight but certainly not normal or skinny and you know what for me growing up even up until re very, very recently, to me, that was the definition of health, how I looked. What did others think of me? And it didn't help that my mom was beautiful. Everyone thought my mom was so beautiful. But you know what? She did a lot to look that way, from eating disorders to surgery. And as I'm thinking about it, I think it's so funny how health is so closely related to image, yet so many people that have the image of what we think is healthy 
are doing things that are not healthy to get there. And it's no wonder we struggle, right? I mean, I remember just a couple years ago as I was trying to make peace in this area of my life and I would look at the older women in the church and people that I think would be more spiritually mature than me and I would look at their outward image. And looking at their outward image, I would see soft, round women. A lot of them in our church. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So then I was thinking, well, does God even care about this area of me? Should I just let it go and embrace the chubby me that God created me to be? But then yet again, I'm reminded it's not what we see in the world, but what God sees in us. So what does the Bible say about my health and how I'm to treat my body? Now, I can easily justify it with saying I can't take it with me and it's more about my soul than my body. But God so carefully created this body of mine. He designed it with a purpose. Trashing it just doesn't make sense. Now, I've noticed lately and maybe sure you've probably noticed the same. There's been this turn of conversation Um, in the health arena, away from vanity. It might just be my age, I don't know, but I notice more and more people talking about food as medicine, avoiding chemicals and sugar, not just because of what it does to your waistline, but for your overall health. People are always talking about what to eat and what not to eat. But to set a godly goal in my health area, I had to look at the Bible and what the Bible said about the same issue. And if you look at the Bible... They talk a lot about what to eat and what not to eat. (laughs) Same thing as we're hearing everywhere else. And there's also people who judge others and what they eat or what they don't eat or how they eat it. You know, in the book of Mark, we see an example of how these kind of things can become very legalistic. It takes the matter straight out of the heart and is all action without the faith. And so we're reminded again what really matters is the heart, the obedience, the faith. Now, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that we really should be taking care of our bodies, that we should be good stewards. The Bible tells us that our physical body is our temple and the spirit lives with inside that temple. And so we should honor that and take care of it. And so when we think about taking care of our body, we think about eating the right things, working out, and it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to do those things consistently. Because honestly, like coffee and a cookie and a good conversation with a friend or a movie sounds so much better than a run on most days. But here's the clincher. Over and over in the Bible, we're told to take control over our fleshly desires. The Bible references this so often. And a lot of these references are towards sexual morality. But my flesh, the flesh of my body, screams out in ways that hurt my health. And I truly believe that there is a strength, a soulful strength to be gained when we exhibit control over those desires. For me, it's truly an emotional issue. When I'm anxious, I turn to food, not God. When I'm sad, I turn to food for comfort instead of my comforter. Plain and simple, food has become an idol for me. It replaced God. Now you can say the same thing for people who overexercise, seeking fitness instead of God. You know, when they're stressed, they have to go for a run. What we really need is we need obedience. Obedience to seek God first versus external things, things of our flesh. If food and moderate exercise can bring health and good health can equip us to do the work of God, then why don't we do it? It's really only a question that each of us can answer for ourselves. But we can justify and make all these excuses of being too busy to work out or to not enough time to eat right or even the financial stuff, right? For eating healthy and organic and all of the things that we know we should be doing is so expensive. But let me ask you this question. Have you ever tried to work while you're sick? If we're not taking care of our health, it's nearly impossible. So regardless what God has called you to do in your life for your career, taking care of your kids, being the wife you're supposed to be, we can't do it very well when we're sick. Trust me, I know. I'm healing from being sick right now. 
It stinks. Bottom line is our health is vital for the vessel we are in. It's like taking care of our car so we can get to work. The more you take better care of your car, the more reliable it is. So what is your health goal? What health goal would put you more in alignment with what God's will is for your life, for your health? Maybe it's putting better fuel in. Maybe it's being disciplined with what you're putting in. Maybe it's moving your body more. You know, I really kind of came to the realization at the beginning of this year that I needed to be more disciplined with my food. And I tried a ton of different things so that it wouldn't become an idol. But you know what? You can't just avoid food. You kind of need it to survive. But over the course of trying different things over the course of this last year, I've come to the realization that for me personally, it's about knowing my body and knowing what things fuel me, what things don't fuel me. It's really become about me performing as the best version of myself and nothing else. Like, it's still such a battle to not let it focus on what I'm seeing in the mirror and not have that define me, to have my health really be about my energy level, about my vitality, about all of those other things. But this is why it's it's not a one and done thing. And that's with any of the things that we've talked about in this episode, with our faith, our marriage, our finances, or our health. It's not a one and done. It's a process. It's something that we need to continually revisit. It's something that we need to work daily on for our habits. And you know what? It's only overwhelming when we think about it as perfection. As you're setting goals for yourself and setting expectations for all of the different areas of your life, the ones we talked about this week, the ones we'll talk about next week, if you're looking at getting perfect, your best version of yourself in every area of your life, it's going to feel overwhelming. But if you're just looking at the baby steps, what's the next thing I need to do to make sure I'm living my life in alignment with what God has called me to to live, with his will over my life, it's not very overwhelming. And God blesses and honors that. He equips you for that journey. He will come right alongside you and help you strengthen that. You know, we talk about life balance here at Your Life Rocks. We really talk about three main pillars of life balance. Number one is to always have God first. And we talked about that at the beginning of this episode. Faith is that foundation in which everything else springs from. Then number two is having your focus be away from your problems, for your focus to be on others, to serve others, to love on others. And then number three is to have the right systems in place so you can actually walk this out. It's one thing to set a goal, but it's another thing to start moving towards that, to take action because life is still life. And it is full of blessings and you can call it crazy and you can call it chaos, but they're all blessings. But sometimes those things can be obstacles that get in the way of us reaching the goals that we want to achieve of living a more godly life. And so if you struggle with that, I would invite you to check out our membership. It's called Life Balance Membership. You can learn more by going to lifebalancemembership.com. It is our sponsor for this episode. And inside our membership, you'll find the Life Balance System where we really help you set these goals for yourself from where you're starting from so that you can live your life aligned with God's will. As you follow the system, we will unpack things for you monthly, weekly, and daily to keep you moving closer to your goals in all areas of your life, building the right healthy habits that keep you in alignment with where you want to go. You know, I was talking with one of our members just the other day and she was thanking me for the life balance system because she feels like it's given her a blueprint for her life. She can actually see balance being created and she's being able to see that with time with her kids, the way her business is developing and the stress is just so much different than it used to be. And so if you're looking for those systems, I invite you to check that out again, Life Balance Membership. 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. Now, again, this was just the first part of a two-part series. I hope that you come back next week. Hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Next week, we are going to be talking about God's will for your career, for you as a parent, for your home, and for friends and funds. I know you're not going to want to miss it. Plus, we have some amazing guests to finish out the summer for you. Our upcoming guests are going to be equipping you with wisdom for your career, for your health, for your marriage, to really help you take action on all of the things that we're talking about in these few episodes and all the things that we're talking about as we talk about life balance. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you so much for taking time and hanging out with us today. So until next week, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.